Well, good, good morning, Palm Coast, Florida. How are we doing today? Hope this finds you very, very well. Thank you for tuning in. I am Paul Tretner, longtime resident of Palm Coast, Florida. Since 1990, I was 22. Do the math. Yes, and uh, PJ member for 25 years. So we got this beautiful little golf show, and let me tell you, we've done 20 shows or whatever it is, and I tell you what, I'm starting to get some good, um, you know, emails saying, hey, good job on this, good job on that. So that's pretty cool, and it's great as an instructor. I'm sure if you are listening and you're a teacher, one of the biggest gratifications is having your students, um, you know, learn and do better. So anyway, we start each of the shows. I've been doing uh, gratitude, like, hey, uh, what are you grateful for this morning, this weekend? You know, Um, we got a big weekend ahead of us today. It's the Ryder Cup weekend every two years. You got the Solheim Cup, the ladies, they lost. And the Ryder Cup is, well, we're recording before Sunday, so I don't know what's going on. But we have not won on foreign soil since 1993. We're going to get to the Ryder Cup in just a minute, but I want to express some gratitude on my end. First off, I want to wish my both my children a happy birthday. PJ, my son, who's going to Father Lopez, he's in ninth grade, turns 15 on September 28th. Happy birthday, son. He's doing unbelievable in baseball. And my daughter, Olivia, on Sunday, October 1st, is going to be 21 years old. And um, it's just amazing. You know, I mean, y'all listening here, you have kids, and who knows, maybe they're out of college and everything. But, boy, it goes by fast. 21 years, you know. And I remember when Olivia Claire Tretner, my first child, was born. I was the head pro at Pine Lakes. Pine Lakes or Cypress? I think it was Pine Lakes. And there was a couple Pioneer members. And if you're listening and you've been in Palm Coast for a while, do you remember Helen Perlman, Tony Loretti, um, all, uh, you know, some members that have been here since literally the late 70s, 80s, anyway, definitely the, the early 80s, anyway. So, but Helen Perlman said, Paul, your daughter's name, Olivia Claire Tretner, OCT is her, her initials. And she was born October 1st. So it was kind of cool, you know, it really was. So, uh, happy birthday to my, to my children. And, uh, PJ is playing baseball down at Father Lopez and he went five for six last week playing on the JV and the varsity team. So uh, just really, I'm grateful for my son and my children. That's it. I'm leaving off on that. I don't talk about myself too much on this, but I want to give a shout out to my children. But anyway, uh, hey, kudos to Ray Peterson, Rick Herman, the duo at uh, Grand Reserve. They're redoing the bunkers out there. I'm sure all this rain is not helping you guys. It'll help pack it in, that's for sure, but it won't help the washouts and so forth. But anyway, they went through an extensive bunker, um, you know, redo. Golf courses need to be redone after 20 years. Some, you know, the drainage goes bad or things get even better, technology and so forth. But those bunkers needed to be done. And and so kudos to them guys, to uh, Rick and uh, and Ray, who have been pioneers of Palm Coast since the 80s, I guess. And uh, so if you want to go play a great golf course, Grand Reserve, you know, we got so many great golf courses right in this area. Grand Reserve is really looking good. So go check it out. Um, so this week I um, spent a couple hours with the Father Lopez boys golf team. So as you may know, my son um, 
and his best friend who literally went to, you know, um, kindergarten together, you know, Jack Rossheim was been on my show before he's playing for the father Lopez boys golf team where my son plays now for the father Lopez baseball team. They both took separate directions. Anyway, Tuesday, I went over there to LPGA, met Tom Cummins, the father Lopez coach. He was so grateful for um, me helping him out. And the reason is, I mean, a lot of these coaches, high school coaches that you see are teachers in the school. They may have limited experience for golf, but they just need an adult to be a coach. And so um, thank you for Coach Tom Cummins for putting in your time. They don't get paid any money, if you know, much at all. And uh, so anyway, we worked with the kids Tuesday. It was great. We worked on putting, chipping, and driver. And the email that I got the next day and the um, the kids, they just loved it. They really, really did. It was fantastic. And you know what I started off with? I, I asked them to grade themselves. There were seven kids there Tuesday. I asked them to grade themselves on the putting, chipping, and, and driver. And that's what I'd like you to do. On your putting, grade yourself from A plus to F. And be honest. And, and that'll give you a benchmark of where you're at. And if you're like a C or C plus, if that's what you give you as a grade, then we, you know, you need to work on it a little bit, you know? So, uh, it was pretty cool for them to be honest and show that. And they really got a lot out of it, spent two hours with them. So we're going to do it next week too. We're going to do it next week. Um, some of my best memories growing up have been playing golf in high school, you know, traveling to different golf courses and so forth. You, You know, if you, you know, forget high school. If you're going out and playing different uh, tournaments, let's say you you travel to North Carolina on a, a trip with 12 of your friends and so forth. It's a great time. Great memories. So, um, so anyway, that was really, really cool. And as a golf instructor, when you get feedback from the coach saying, wow, that was really, really cool. And, and they're very grateful for it. It just makes, it makes, uh, makes our job good. That's certainly what it does. So, uh, but anyway, um, you know, so a few people asked me uh, lately about um, becoming a golf professional and like, how do you become a golf professional? How did I become a golf professional? I moved to Florida with that intention to become a golf professional. So I'll give you the long story short. It has changed a little bit, but overall, the PJ of America that's been established since 1916 um they, uh, the PJ, the first thing you need to do to become a golf professional is pass what's called a PAT, a playability test, PAT. And that playability test is 36 holes in one day, um, which is tough. You know, 36 holes in one day. If you're playing in the summer, I passed mine the first time in the summertime. It was literally 100 degrees. It was tough. But anyway, you got to shoot about 77, 76. That, that was my target score. I remember I had to make a, a six-foot putt on the last hole to to make it, and I, ma- I made it. It was great. I was so, so grateful for that. Um, you know. And then you have to, after you pass that, then you go to school. It's about a four-year process to become a PGA member. And, um, you know, there's other different ways to do it. Uh, in fact, Joe Kowach, who's a pro in the area, Joe went to um, – there's colleges. There's like a dozen colleges in the country that have a PGA, uh, you know, classes to become a PGA golf professional. At least you get the credits for it. 
and so forth. And, I, you know, it's a lot has changed over the years, so I'm not exactly sure what schools they are. And I forget what, what school Joe went to, but he told me about it. He said, really cool. You know, you learn rules, you learn different things. So, um, you know, and, and I'm telling you this because you may have children, grandchildren that aspire to be a golf professional or something, you know. And, you know, they can always go to PGA of America.com or whatever the web, our website is, PGA America, and, and look it up. But anyway, um, I remember when I got my orientation and so forth, when I passed my playability test, it was 1991. I think it was 91. And then after I passed that, we went to, uh, had orientation with Craig Smith. Craig, if you're listening, buddy, he's a PGA member, been a member for many years right here in Palm Coast. But, uh, the orientation was really, really cool, and I, I learned something that many of you that I want to pass on to you. Um, it's how to remember names. So if you're listening right now, almost everyone, almost like 95% of us, we have trouble remembering names. Is that you? All right. So what I'm going to do is, is kind of help, help teach because it, it's true. Uh, I learned this from the PJ of America. His name was James Arch, the gentleman who did the clinic, uh, the uh, seminar, and it's th- that's one of the first things that PJ of America does is is teaches us how to remember names, because in the golf business you're dealing with a lot of members, you're dealing with a lot of people that you see, so it's really important to try to have that um, that, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, um, but um, I'm going to save that for last, so I'm going to keep you here. We're going to I'm going to teach you how to remember names. Isn't it the worst when you get introduced to someone and literally within five seconds after that, you're like, damn, what is this person's name? I completely forgot. And and I have with me in my hand right now the actual uh, printed out material that James Arch, who was an incredible individual. I mean, this guy remembered everyone's name in the set. It was hundreds of of uh, professionals in this in this uh, seminar. And he remembered their names. It was just incredible. So, um, and I'm looking at those sheets, right? You know, his information. I've had this information in my hands, basically in my um, my briefcase since 1991. All right. How to remember names. We're going to get right into it, you know. And he's also got success is a state of mind. And it's funny because the information I have is is kind of outdated a little bit, like the print material is from 1991. But you know what? It's such great information. I wish you all can see it right here. Remembering names, attitude is, is I have a good memory and do remember names and faces. What I mean by that is what James Arch means by that is so many people say, ah, oh, I can't remember names. And we all know how the law of attraction is, is if we try, if we are positive and, and have a good memory and we think that, then we're going to remember names. But here's the key to remember names. Ready? You have to stop thinking about yourself and pay attention at the moment of introduction. I've done this. I do it to this day. I learned it in 91. So when you meet someone, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye. Let's say their name is Jim. Anyone, maybe you know another Jim in your life. James, whatever, that looks like this individual. So it's association. We all know this, but sometimes we just need to be told it. But you really need to listen and stop thinking about yourself. And, you know, do you have anything, uh, has your hair look or this or that? So it's really 
not being selfish. And I remember James Art saying, you're selfish when you're being introduced to someone thinking of yourself. Think of them. Try to associate that person with someone else that you know. And that really, really will help you remember names. And I just think it's a great art to remember names. I really do. I think it's really cool. I think it shows um, that you care. And especially in my business, being in the golf business, you meet a lot of people. So you really want to try at the moment of introduction to think about that person and try to associate that person with maybe someone, you know, it could be your aunt, it could be your mom, you know, it could be your dad or someone that looks like him. But if you associate with you, you, um, you definitely will remember more. So I thought that was kind of cool to share, you know, with this show, I want to try to share some things that you can learn right away. You know what I mean? Something that, that is something important that we all can kind of work on. You know, we've got internet, we can pull up Rick Smith, you know, Hank Haney, the best golf instructors in the world, but sometimes it's the littlest of tips that help us, you know? So we're going to get into the Solheim cup. Unfortunately, we lost in the Solheim cup, the ladies, they, uh, they tied 14 to 14 and how that works is, when you are tied, whoever had the cup previous holds on to the cup. So, ladies, sorry. Two years from now, the Solheim Cup will be back, and we're y- y'all need it'll be on our turf, I think. And that's when we need to uh, we really need to get a victory, ladies. Um, we did find out today that our junior Ryder Cup team. So, the Ryder Cup is this weekend. I love the Ryder Cup. It's every two years. It's a match play, as you all know. You know, most of the golf we watch on TV is stroke play. You know, minus 10, minus 15. Match play is you against the person, and if I get a 10 on a hole and they get a 3 on a hole, they're one up. They won that hole. That's all it is. So, And I'm sure you all know that, but it's in Rome, Italy. First time in Italy, frankly, the Ryder Cup. But, folks, we haven't won a Ryder Cup since 1993 on foreign soil. So this is something that we really, really need to to win. And today, Sunday... I would flip it on right now. Go ahead and turn your TV on because they're probably playing right now or in, in a little bit. Um, and the Ryder Cup is fun. I don't know if you have, if you watched the Ryder Cup much. Was it 97 up in Brookline, Massachusetts when Justin Leonard made that, I don't know, 60-foot putt against Jose Marie Olathabal? Jose Marie, I lost my ball is what we used to call him. But anyway, he, uh, Jose Marie was just his face when Justin made that putt was like, oh, my God. So, uh, But that was an incredible Ryder Cup because Ben Crenshaw being the coach or the, you know, the captain um, basically said the night before that uh, he felt something good. Remember that? He pointed to the camera. He said, ah, I got a feeling about tomorrow. And we were down. We were getting our butts kicked, and they come back and win that. So I want everyone to tune in to the Ryder Cup, hopefully, because we're recording the show. Hopefully, it's a tight match, and hopefully, we come out with a victory. And you know what? I love it because it is, uh, it's funny to see how competitive they get, you know? But uh, So, hey, stick around. We're going to take a little break here, all right? And I'm going to come back with some nice positive approaches, some good, uh, some good lessons that we can all take. And uh, so you stay tuned right there, all right? We'll see you in just a moment. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? 
head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Green with Paul Tretner. And hey, so we're talking about Ryder Cup. Okay, it's on right now. Um, I'm going to get that in just a minute. We're going to discuss uh, the golf course over there, which is incredible. It's really, really cool. I love the 18th hole of the Ryder Cup. You guys got to turn it on right now because it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've got a couple of nice positive approaches for the golf. But first, I want to tell you a little story, um, just a couple minutes, of when Bobby Ginn owned the resort, the Hammock Beach Resort. So I worked with Bobby Ginn in 06, 07, 08. Um, and as I'm driving in this morning, I heard Vince Gill on 98.7, guys. If you like country, I'm telling you, WNZF, I love 98.7. Great radio station. So Vince Gill gave a concert. Bobby Ginn was big on the concerts. If you all remember back in the day, Sheryl Crow, Bobby Ginn had Sheryl Crow out here at the Hammock Beach Resort. That was probably 04, 05, something like that, uh, when the Hammock Beach Resort building was was going up there was a one so and then he had um vince gill and this is back in the day again when bobby ginn had the blimp remember he had a blimp and uh that's when he got into nascar he got the army car the number one car was uh, mark martin i think he had driving that car what great memories back then i just want to go back to those times i mean you you know you may be listening right now. I've only been in Palm Coast for a couple of years or something like that. And, and I feel it's kind of like pretty cool on my part to, to give you some older stories about that. Vince Gill was awesome. We were backstage uh, right there because I was one of the golf pros in the area at the resort. So uh, he gave this awesome concert. And uh, just whenever I hear Vince, Vince Gill, he's got that distinct voice. You know, it's awesome. Uh, I just think of how awesome th- those times were uh, with Bobby Ginn. So anyway, hey, let's get into some positive approaches with the game of golf, okay? Uh, So we went over the driver with the Father Lopez kids, and I wanted to go over driver a little bit. If you're listening right now and you're having issues with your driver, let's talk about that. Number one, men, almost all of you slice the golf ball. Why do you think that is? One of the main reasons why majority of men slice the golf ball is... They slide ahead of the golf ball before impact. I know it's kind of hard to understand that maybe, you know, just listening. But let's take every sport, three sports with stick ball. So you got golf, baseball, and tennis. At the moment of impact for a baseball player, their main body is behind impact. Okay, same thing with tennis. If you hit a tennis ball with a racket, your main body, your torso is behind impact. If you get ahead of the impact, then you lose power. There's no spring effect. Does that make sense? And with golf, it's super, super important that as you, you, know, you strike the golf ball, your head, your body, your main torso is behind the golf ball. I seen it with the kids uh, Tuesday last week at Father Lopez. One young man was just sliding ahead of it, 
took a video. He's seen it. And, you know, folks, when you see your swing on video, that's when you really are able to uh, solidify what you're doing wrong. I found when I started doing video on my lessons, it really was a better lesson for the student because they really understood what they're doing wrong. Um, and it could be just a, a, a five second video of that. But anyway, you got to stay back behind the golf ball at impact. This, this also will uh, help you square the club face up, release your hands at impact and give you a good strike. Okay. But it's very important. So again, Driver, if you're slicing the golf ball, right? First off, if you're slicing the golf ball, where should you line up on a tee box? I want you to try to line up on the right side of the tee box. Aim down the left rough fairway rough line. So now if you slice the golf ball, you're geometrically kind of making the fairway wider. Does that make sense? Vice versa, if you're hooking the golf ball, Right to left. This is for righties, obviously. If you're lefty, just kind of change it around. But for righties, if you're hooking it, then line up on the, right, uh, the left side of the tee box and then aim down the rough line on the right side. And then you, again, you make the fairway a little bit bigger. So little things like that of lining up on what side of the tee box can really actually help you save a shot, you know. And folks, if you are not, I've said this before, and I don't want to be redundant, but this is very important. If you're not, if you don't have a pre-shot routine, then you need to get one as soon as possible. And what I mean by that is like the kids at Father Lopez, they have no pre-shot routine. These kids have only been playing for a year, two, three, some maybe four years. So they, you know, they may have a little more of a pre-shot routine. Pre-shot routine is real simple. It's a 10 to 15 second investment in your golf shot and your golf shot. Why? Well, you want to get behind the ball. You want to visualize what type of shot you want to hit. You want to try to get a target line, establish a target line. That way you're squared up and um, super important. And that's when you visualize. And that's the other Paul's positive approach. So the driver, stay behind the ball at impact. Visualization. So when you get back behind the ball for your pre-shot routine, visualize a shot. Visualize a positive image. And, and that's going to really help you. All right. One other thing. It's a little more in depth, but I want to go over this. It's called lag, L-A-G. So how does a five foot three LPGA gal at 110 pounds hit at 285 yards? Good question. There's three, three answers. Number one, the biggest piece of the pie is club head speed. Two, they're hitting it square, flush. And three, they're hitting it on a sweet spot. So if you hit the ball in a sweet spot, you hit it flush or square, the variable is your club head speed. So how do they generate the club head speed is the big answer or the big question? Lag. So in other words, the lag is when you take the club back, your left arm, again, this is righties, and your shaft of the golf club make a 90-degree angle. That's all you want is a 90-degree angle. If you're making more of a 90, then you're probably hinging your wrist too much. That 90-degree angle stays that way as long as possible. And then when you strike the golf ball, it's a, it's a really um, – you're generating a lot of pop right there at impact. Does that make sense? For example, just Tyler from Father Lopez. All right? Great young man. What a, what a great time. I'm, I'm going back to them Tuesday. We're going to really try to help them out. They got districts coming up here in a couple of weeks, so I really want to try to help them out. But anyway, Tyler, I took a quick video. He was releasing so early, 
and you lose power. You lose power and consistency. So the lag, it's a hard thing to establish, but you don't want to release too early because then you, you know, then you, uh, you don't have no power. So imagine a baseball player releasing the bat too early. You know what I mean? He's not going to generate that power. So the lag is really like the, the hidden secret to really hitting and striking the ball really, really solid. So. So the pulse positive approaches today is going to be your driver. Guys, you got to stay back behind the golf ball. And the best way to do that, your left ear. Uh, this is what I tell my students. Keep your left ear back behind the golf ball. So where the golf ball is in relationship to your stance should be on your left inside heel. Visualize like a sliding glass window. And that's where you want to, you really want to keep your body behind that and your left ear behind that. So. All right. And so, hey, and if you ever have any questions, you know my email, ptretner at pga.com. So you can always, always email me. So, um, and I'd love to hear from you. And I do want to hear some success stories. If you're out there and you know anyone that's got a hole in one or anything like that, would love to get them either A, in the studio, talk about it if it's a really good one, and, uh, or they can just, call in or whatever, or I can just mention it, you know, and that's, that's really good. So, so we're getting a bunch of rain out there today. So, and this whole entire week is really, really rainy folks. If you're playing lift clean in place. Okay. If you're out there and it's really, really wet, don't be, don't be shy on moving the golf ball. You know, you got it. The golf course are really super wet right now. And even the best in the world on a PJ tour will lift clean in place. And uh, so anyway, I hope you all have a great week. Uh, I want you to tune into the Ryder Cup. Hopefully it's a really competitive match and watch how these guys. It's incredible, though. You got to see the first hole. The first hole, they have the stands going vertical. I mean, there's 5,000 people on the first tee. So you got to watch that. And uh, I just wish you all the best this week. Um, Have a great day in the golf course. Keep it in the short grass. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF.